Hello and welcome to episode 18 of Art My Optics, a podcast where two grown adults discuss, overanalyze, and generally take a kid's toy and media franchise a little too seriously. Usually that of the Transformers. Holding the self-appointed rank of Pedanticus Maximus, I am your host, Orion Gear. And with me is the bearer of the confusion matrix, our very own <laughs> Emperor of Distraction, Virtual Dave. Dave, please address your loyal subjects. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the best podcast ever made. <laughs> <laughs> That's some mighty claim, that, to be honest. Very, very inspiring. <laughs> So, uh, this episode is another of our famous Top of the Boss. Essentially, an excuse for us to do a lot less homework and just wang on about our vacuous opinions on various inconsequential subjects. <laughs> so, Dave, what are we arbitrarily organising into a spurious hierarchy today? Um, Transformers leader toys. Our favourite leaders across many franchises and places. You see what you did there again? Dave, is you said toys. Oh, sorry. You said Transformers leader toys. See, listeners, this is what I have to deal with. Dave suggested this, uh, this, uh, this particular um, top of the box, and when he said so, he said toys. And then when I asked him about two weeks ago, just what the general kind of consensus and the rules were, he said it was about characters and toys weren't very important. So he can't make his bloody mind up. But it's not. It's about leaders. Yeah. Yes, it's about leaders. Yeah, just leaders. We're going to talk about toys, but we're going to talk about our favourite leaders. And what? What's? Please define for our listeners what you mean by leader. Anyone who is hold the position of leader in the Transformers law, um, be that a classic Matrix bearer or someone who has beaten someone else into submission and taken the throne themselves as a leader. Yeah, I think you. What you did say to me was it's not necessarily doesn't have to be the leader of the Decepticons or the leader of the Autobots. It can be leader of any faction or even subgroup. Yes, pretty much. Um, although I, I've, I've, I've tended to avoid subgroups. I've gone for mostly faction leaders. I think, but we'll, we'll, we'll as we get on, we'll see. My Do you want to go first? Shall I go first? Uh, you go. You go first. All right, so we're going to do our top five, basically. We've mm-hmm. got a few honourable mentions to do as well. So my, my fifth favourite uh, Transformers leader, and this is going to be a controversial choice, okay. a very controversial choice. My fifth favourite is G1 cartoon slash movie Optimus Prime. Okay, yeah. I love him. I think he's iconic. He's heroic. He's got Peter Cullen's voice. The scenes in the movie are fantastic, but I still have four that I prefer, ahead of who most people would probably say is their favourite, I would expect. Mm. But um, as you and I both know, I'm I'm not a massive fan of the cartoon, mm. but I think that Optimus Prime was a particular, was a standout character, basically. He had that kind of fatherly kind of a thing going on. He knew he was a good, strong leader who... Um, led the Autobot faction very well during the cartoon series and the movie and obviously you've got that that, that scene that scene where he lands in Autobot City and um, Megatron must be stopped no matter the cost I mean just for that alone yeah he's got to be up there 
He's a great character, and I love the design. Obviously, everyone loves Optimus's design. It's 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 yeah, it's it's a design classic. It's it's like I say, he's iconic, and there's been a lot of great toys. So I would say my favourite toy mm-hmm. is MP10 Convoy. Okay. Yeah. Again, some people might choose MP44, or they might choose some of the, one of one of the third party options like um, Transform Element or uh, Magic Square, but I think MP10 has like the perfect kind of combination of kind of like play factor and kind of um, sculpt articulation deco and also kind of real worldness, which the other other more more tune ones kind of lean away from and so on. And I mean, he it's an it's an iconic toy. It kicked off the modern MP line. Mm-hmm. Before that, the MP line was just kind of a collection of random toys that didn't necessarily go together. And it was at this point where they went, you know what, we're going to design a, a new Optimus Prime that will scale with uh, Rodimus Convoy. Mm. And then from that point, I think uh, the designer, um, Hasui, Sogo Hasui, mm-hmm. he basically came up with the idea of let's make this line all scale together in a, a nice way and all work together as a as a set, as it were. And that's what it really kind of kicked off. So just for, for that reason, he's it's an iconic toy. And, I mean, even though I'm not a big fan of trailers, everything you need is in that box. Yeah. It, it, there's no, there's, and there's no unnecessary accessory bloat. You know, you've just got, you've got what you need. You've got his cannon, you've got his matrix, you've got his trailer. I mean, you've got a spike, you maybe don't need spike. But you know what I mean, you've got pretty much everything you need. And it wasn't it wasn't terribly expensive either at the time. No, it was quite different. <laughs> I mean, it's expensive for a a Transformers toy, but not when you look at how 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 expensive masterpieces are now. Exactly. It was nothing, <laughs> nothing in comparison. Uh, and yeah, I I just like I like that design. I like it more than any of the other ones. Uh, even though I don't own it anymore, I do kind of miss it. I have the Magic Square one now, which I think owes a lot of its design to MP10. But every now and again, I do think maybe I should get MP10 back and get rid of Magic Square. Is there any? Do you have any preference between? Wasn't there like a slight color difference between the Hasbro and the Takara one with MP10? The Hasbro one isn't painted. The oh. uh, well, it is. It is painted, but it's not painted as much as the Takara one. The Takara one has a really nice glossy red coat over the entire alt mode. Okay. I mean, it's not a huge problem. But I prefer the Takara one. The, also, the blue on the Hasbro one is kind of a lighter blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's darker on the Takara version, which some people prefer, mm. you know? And I think uh, this, the other thing that the Takara version had that the Hasbro one didn't have or does have is that on the Hasbro one, they gave him quite bright blue eyes, mm. whereas the Takara one, they're transparent and almost dead looking oh. and some people don't like that and I, I i don't like it either but you could buy um you could buy alternate eyes i I got some yellow ones obviously back when i had him but yeah there, there are differences and some of them are not as and I, I i suppose it's not cut and dry but i preferred the takara version yeah i agree with mm-hmm. that right well uh how about we hear your number five um, my number five is also going to be a bit controversial. Uh, I'm not, it's a bit hard for me to narrow this character down because 
in my head canon, which as you know is very muddy, um, mm. he kind of stretches across from the beginning almost until now, you could kind of say, which is G1 Galvatron. Okie doke. So I'm thinking movie Galvatron, series, mm. G1 series Galvatron, Headmaster series Galvatron, and then stretching all the way to Earthwise slash Kingdom Galvatron. I'm not accepting that. I know you're not, This is why I say it's going to be controversial. Because I like the idea... It's not the same guy. It's not the same guy. I like, I like the idea of this guy being created by Galvatron and having this... Unicron. Unicron. And having this stretch across time and space to get away from him. I've always liked that aspect about the character and how he was willing to do anything to not be under Unicron's clutches. However... I'll agree with that, maybe. However, yes, it wasn't handled very well in Earthrise or Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure it was been done way better in other stories. But I love the craziness of G1 Galvatron. I mean, yes, um, Leonard Nimoy did like a really good version of... The movie version. The movie version of how he was just such a commanding force and how he first, first day arrives to meet the Decepticons and he destroys Starscream without hesitation. You know, it's, yeah, I love that. You know, he's just such a cool design. I think it's a, he's a step up from Megatron design wise. I think the idea of a space cannon is better than a very Mm. small gun. That is also... I don't know if I totally agree with that. You don't like? I, I like the I like the robot design, but I think the space cannon. Actually, we were talking about this uh, the other day. I was in the pub with the Transformers um, collectors in Brighton, mm. and Michael, not to be confused with Michael Quintazon, this is a different Michael. <laughs> he described uh, Galvatron's alt mode as a washing machine with a carrot sh- uh, poking out the front. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> he has a terrible alt mode. <laughs> I think the alt mode... This is why I don't like the alt mode toy-wise. It never translates well. It's very hard to have Space Cannon Galvatron changing is, into a, a sleep... I don't know what you mean by it never translates well. The toy came first. Even even the original toy doesn't, doesn't look very good. Well, no. <laughs> so... But I think on screen, like when you see it in the movie and he transforms, mm. I think it looks fine. I just don't think there's been any representation of it that looks good, really. <laughs> yeah. I think, I reckon they should have moved away from the he has to turn into something that shoots thing. You know what I mean? Like, they went, oh, G1 Megatron is a gun, so it has to be a cannon. I guess so. But anyway, regardless, we've got to carry on. Yeah. Um- <laughs> No, uh, what was I saying? I like how he was introduced and how he took over Killing Starscream at his, his one moment of happiness, um, mm-hmm. being the Decepticon leader after all that time. And then how wacky he gets in the G1 cartoon in season three and four. It's, it's yeah, he's mental. crazy. He's killing his own men, shooting up everybody. You know, no one is safe, <laughs> Decepticon or otherwise. Yeah, he's losing it. So he's not—he's not the best leader in the world, but I find him like an actual threat because of how crazy he is. He's almost like the Joker at that point. Like he's just so unstable. Yeah, he's so unhinged. 
and that's what I kind of like about him. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I I agree with you on most of that. I mean, I just don't really see. I mean, I can see why you could, in your head canon, uh, try to say, or or even, I mean, Hasbro might even one day say it, but you could maybe say that the Galvatron you see in War for Cybertron is G one Galvatron. You could pro- possibly say that because of the fact that he's skipping across from different reality. Yeah, it's all. Like everything else, it's a multiverse and yeah. tiny whiny business. It, it could be, it might be. But obviously, uh, w- w- well, you know, <laughs> listeners, we have, we have, we've gone over War for Cybertron <laughs> with a fine tooth comb. You can find, I think it's episode zero, episode one, and, uh, oh, I don't know, episode nine or something. I don't mm-hmm. know. We've done reviews of all three sections of the, um, of the War for Cybertron, uh, show and, uh, spoilers. By the end of it, we didn't love it. <laughs> no, it didn't. It didn't end very well. Did it? <laughs> no, I mean it, it had some high points, but mostly low points. But to be fair, from from the series, I think Galvatron and whatever that little subplot of him trying to the King Kingdom was very confusing. But him trying to get Beast Wars Megatron to give the original Galvatron the Golden Disc and all these weird timey wimey things he was trying to do to get. Out of Unicron's clutches, I kind of liked, but it was just not handled very well. But I like. No, it didn't make it didn't make an awful lot of sense, unfortunately. No, but regardless, yeah, he's made. But no, I, I get it. The intent was there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and watch. So tell us, what's your favorite G One Galvatron toy? Um. Well, officially, the probably the best one so far is the Kingdom slash, I guess, Legacy version. If you don't want any. Scuffage on his chest. It's a uh, yeah. Unless you unless you happen to have any of the third party. Yeah, ones. I was going to say third party wise, New Age Galvatron hands down. It's the best, really best Galvatron. Fans toys get out of here. All the others, nope. New Age. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, full disclosure here though, Dave. Have you you have you've never handled the fans toy? I've never handled you? it, but if I oh. from images I've seen and. Views I've seen, I mm. do think the New Age one is the best. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I've got it. I, I've got three copies of it for God's yeah. sake. I think I put it at number six in my best of 2021. So yes, I agree. It's good. <laughs> I don't know if I could say that it's better than Fans Toys or the upcoming X Transbots one. Yeah. Just because I've not handled them. I mean, I guess it's it's, it's kind of what, what you what you like, I guess, because it's they. Mm-hmm. It can get a bit more, kind of like the Kingdom one, really. He's very much more beefy of a bot than uh, in some of those other interpretations. How wide do you want his chest to be? Or This is my problem with the the, the Kingdom one, because I have seen the Kingdom one in the flesh, and he's just got two tree trunks for legs. <laughs> he's got no feet, and he's very, very wide. Too wide, in my opinion. He's not terrible, but I'm not a huge fan. I no, I, I can understand that. It's a he's a big boy. That's what he mm. is. But I think a lot of kingdom stuff comes out that way. I and mean, I've, I've said this before. It's almost like when they went to look at the um, when they went to look at the TV show mm. as as reference, they had it on the wrong aspect ratio, and they basically had it in widescreen, and therefore everyone stretched. All the War for Cybertron stuff looks a little bit like that, slightly wider than everything should be, and slightly squatter than everything should be. 
but that's just my that's my my aesthetic feeling on it really no i agree it's um i don't know i guess i don't have a problem with the robot proportions in the same way mm. you kind of have to appreciate that they're even trying to have some sort of scale these days i mean mm. when you line them all up together or if you you're taking pictures or something you can really appreciate they they're trying more these days but I think it does. It, yeah. it hinders some figures more than others. A hundred percent. Galvatron does suffer. He does suffer. Yeah. Okay. Well. I, I, yeah. I'll agree with that. I wanted to ask you your term of Galvatron. Do you prefer him as a separate character, or not such attached to Megatron, or do you have a preference when it comes to Galvatron? Galvatron is Megatron. Always. He's Megatron reformatted by. By Unicron. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are other versions of Galvatron in other other media, but if we're talking about G1 Galvatron, then yes, G1 Galvatron is Megatron reformatted into Galvatron. Um, and then there are various alternate versions of him due to all the um, dimension hopping stuff that has happened in the comics and so on. Okay. So you have Galvatron, and you have Galvatron 2. Two different Galvatrons from two different universes, but they are essentially the same guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's multiverse. multiverse it's a variant, stuff. yeah. Yeah. I've, I know there have been versions in, say, IDW or Dreamwave or um, various other TV shows where Galvatron is a separate character, and that's fine. Yes, he's a separate character in those, mm. but he's not. The G1. The G1 Galvatron is definitely Megatron. Do you, do you not agree? No, I agree. I just yeah. I knew that you're more aware of those other stories than I am, so I thought maybe you maybe have a preference or anything. Well, the the comic side more than anything, but yes. My, My fourth favorite Transformers leader is Beast Wars Optimus Primal. Woo! Monkey Man himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is you know across all three seasons of Beast Wars and Beast Machines, I think he's a great character i like that they went for a less experienced leader than optimus prime was in g1 he was more relatable he was out of his depth for a while he wasn't really supposed to be the supreme leader Mm. of uh the autobots sorry maximals Mm. but he's kind of got thrust into that position due to the fact that he had to go and intercept megatron who was stealing uh, artifacts and so on and they ended up stranded on that planet that definitely isn't Earth, but is Earth. <laughs> and then obviously when they got back to Cybertron, he became de facto leader of the Maximals because the rest of them were dead. Yeah. Well, not necessarily dead, but, you know. <laughs> so talking about that, is that leads me into the second point of what, what I think is great about him is that he has so much growth as a character. He changes from that first episode of Beast Wars all the way through to that final episode of Beast Machines. It goes on quite a journey. Yes, he does. Mm. Very different character towards the end. And I know some people don't really like the changes to his character in Beast Machines. They feel they're a bit jarring and a bit unnecessary, but I tend to disagree. Because, I mean, and this goes for almost everybody. I mean, Ratchet's probably the most jarringly hard one to get your head around. And I guess maybe Rhinox as well. But they've all been traumatised, you know? And I think that's just that's how it's manifesting itself. They're all gone a bit mad because they basically thought they'd won the war, mm. and then they wake up and everyone's dead. Yeah, 
So it's, yeah, it's it's going to fuck you up. <laughs> All right. Everyone except everyone's favourite Transformer ever, Night Scream, you know. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and of course... Gary Chalks, the, mm-hmm. the, the voice of the voice of Watchers Primal, really great. And of course, we've spoken about it before. We did a whole episode on Beast Wars. The way that they did the audio, where they did proper reads, they weren't doing, they weren't sinking to lip flapping. They were, they were in the room doing a full on recording session, and then the the animation came afterwards. They were able to inject a lot more character into their work because you know Gary Chalk and David Kay. Both go on to play Megatron and Optimus Prime in Armada, but they're nowhere near as good. Yeah, that's a big difference. Yeah, because they're just voiceovering an existing show mm. in that case. Whereas in Beast Wars, they had they 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 basically had the opportunity to ad lib and muck about with the characters, and they're all in the same room facing each other, doing the recordings. They weren't just sat in a booth on their own. Mm. You need to say this, and you have to make it match what's happening with his lips on screen. <laughs> that's why it comes through so much better but yeah I love I love it and I like the fact that they took a risk they went they didn't go let's just do another Optimus Prime they did a very different character a much more sympathetic character a much more um, flawed character mm-hmm. but also a much more um, rounded and uh, fleshed out character than Optimus Prime ever was mm-hmm. so there you go that's my choice uh, what do you think <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was going to say what um, toy would you associate with it, but uh, is there any is there anything else than the masterpiece one? Is anything well, else? obviously there is, but yeah, masterpiece is definitely my favourite. Um, MP thirty two, I love it. It's brilliant. It's the perfect representation of the character. It has its issues as far as having not very durable paint, but it looks spot on in both modes. Pretty much okay. There's a little bit of a little bit of robot kibble in gorilla mode, hmm. but it's forgivable, because that robot mode is perfect. No, not your um, recently tickle with fans' toys. The uh, that really heavily detailed Optimus Primal is that not a uh, scratch that itch for you? Do you mean flame toys? <laughs> flame toys. I do apologise. <laughs> there is no S, people. There is no S. No, you said fans' toys. Did I say fans' toys? Yes. Oh. Flame Toys. Flame Toys. No, that's... I mean, that's not... It's a heavy, It's a very stylized version of the character, and it's fine. But if anybody wants it, I'm still trying to sell it. So, you know, <laughs> let me know. But no, no, no. The the MP version is my favorite version. I love the original toy. Mm-hmm. It's a great toy. It's packed full of all kinds of um, play features, which I really love. I obviously didn't have it at the time because I wasn't into Beast Wars, but like when I got it later, I thought it was a great toy. So, I mean, yeah, the original one's good too, but I, yeah, I'd have to say it's the masterpiece for me. And it's certainly not the War for Cybertron Kingdom one. Oh. No, because I don't, I just, again, I don't really like the way that looks. Okay. There's going to be some overlap, so I'll talk about Primal a bit more. Oh, okay. Yeah, All right. Bit of a spoiler. There's okay. some overlap. All right, well, in that case, shall we just move on to your number four? My number four is G1 Optimus Prime. Okay, number four. And why is that, Dave? Um, I wasn't I wasn't a Transformers fan at the time, but from the way mm. I understand, G1 Prime was almost like the heart of Transformers. Like, he was the father figure. He was this guy who was 
has such a power demanding voice. No, I don't know. Powerful voice, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's commanding. Pe- commanding voice, yeah. Mm. Peter Cullen really portrays a character that you can trust and believe in. And, you know, when he, when he says the plan is this, this, and this, yeah. you're following him no matter what it is because you trust him. And I think that really comes across in the original Optimus Prime. And it's even, it's pushed to a tenth degree when you get into the movie. And like you said, with that, that moment with him mm. coming to Allbot City, his performance is just, or as you can see, like when we were talking about this so many years later, like I don't think the franchise would be the same without that original take on Optimus Prime. Well, no, no, not at all. No, it's... He is the poster boy for Transformers, let's face it. Yeah. You know, if you go to anybody in the street and say, name a Transformer, nine times out of ten, they're going to say Optimus Prime. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> and some of them won't be able to name anymore. Yes. <laughs> so, you know. Even, even yeah, just like that, even just like public recognition, just the visual, the the classic design, it's always mm-hmm. G1 Prime people kind of have in their head or... You know, they see it and they think, oh, I have that toy, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And and almost every Prime toy since that first G1 Prime has echoed mm. that design yeah. pretty much. It's such a simplistic design, but it works, you know. There's, there's, it's, yeah. there's, that's it. It's almost like the best recipe for kind of Transformers in a way because you want to see the alt mode on the robot parts. Mm-hmm. You want to know what this person transforms into and Prime is like the best example. You can look at Prime and you always know he's turning into a truck. You know? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Red or blue truck of some description is always the case. And he's got like the perfect template for a Transformer to do so. Which is why the movies fucked it up. Yeah. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, But let's not talk about that. <laughs> so um so so yeah. So what what is your favourite G one Prime toy then? Um, uh, it's just difficult for me because I don't have the same connection with the MPs because I don't have any um, mm-hmm. except um, MP one. But even I, which was a great toy, great toy, I loved it. Even I don't have the same type of love for it because I got it much later. By the time MP ten and all that came out, so it wasn't the same feel so it's more recent stuff that i i think of or imagine when i'm thinking of g1 prime yeah one of my more favorite takes on the character is the rebel tech from recent years it's a very stylistic take on g1 prime but as a figure i think it's pretty fine it's you know something a bit more i wish the red toys were like you know a bit more Mm. vibrant posable yeah it's a bit. It's a bit hard to compare him to anything else because he literally is the only one of that newer version of Rebel Tech. But yeah, I mean, I ha- I had the original Rebel Tech um, Prime. Oh yeah, yes, yes, yes. And Magnus and everything else for a while, and then I got rid of them. But so I've not seen. I've not handled the the newer one, but I imagine it's very similar. I mean, I know what Rebel Tech figures are like. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's it's quite an attractive little figure. It's that and the recent Earthrise Optimus Prime. But it's more for the alt mode of it. I think it's, like you were talking about before with Galvatron, I think the robot mode has got some interesting proportions. 
but mm. I really like its transformation and its alt mode. I think it's yeah. like one of the best Optimus Prime alt modes in the main line. Like, obviously, Masterpiece can handle it a whole different way, but mainline wise, it's great. I think it's one of the best Optimus Primes of recent years. Okay, I mean, yeah, it's 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 a nice, pretty faithful two G one Prime. Mm. I've not handled it myself. I've handled a few of the War for Cybertron figures and one or two Primes, but not that one. But yeah, I mean, it looks good. And it, and it has it has blue windows, I assume. It does. Yeah. No, technically, it doesn't have blue windows. It has clear windows with blue paint underneath. Oh, so they ruined it. I think it's it. like silver and they painted it blue or something. It's something to give it a, ver- a shine through the clear. Yeah, should have left it clear. <laughs> I mean, it- right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on, shall we? <laughs> So my third favourite Transformers leader is Rodimus Prime. IDW Rodimus Prime. Oh, save yourself there. <laughs> Lost Light, more than meets the eye. You know, the, the James Roberts stuff. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the Rodimus I know. I have, to, I have to admit, I've not read a lot of him previous to more than meets the eye. I know a bit about it because I, I used to buy the comics um, when they were coming out and I kind of dropped off for a while because the co- the continuity got very confusing for me. I think I read the Spotlight issue and I think that's all I'd read of him and I wasn't too too impressed with him in the Spotlight issue. But but no, that, it, he's a great character. Mm-hmm. Cocky, brash, funny, full of himself, but also kind of underneath incredibly insecure Again, there's lots of there's lots of growth of his character throughout that more than meets the eye lost light run. I just, yeah, I love him. He's, he's just a really and he's got a beautiful design. Mm. Yeah, he he does look really cool. I do mm. like his design. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean I I was like when I was coming up with the list, I was like, well, I could, I I've got to throw somebody a bit more modern in, and that's that's who I'd go with because it's a it's a great he's a great leader, and the book's about well the book is. It's not just about him, but the book is definitely about him. He is the the leader of the Lost Light, and he was the leader of the Autobots for a little bit in mm. the comic. But he's certainly a leader. I don't think I think he definitely qualifies. And yeah, he's he's great, and he you know he gets to uh, gets to be co leader um, with Megatron for a while, um, <laughs> which is also fun. No, it's, I I love him. He's a great character, and yeah, that that design is. That spiky kind of um, sleek but spiky design—it's mm-hmm. really great. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's um, <laughs> well, other than the um, the possible lawsuit from Flame, uh, I think his design is oh, really I good. <laughs> well, I mean, who's suing who? You know, <laughs> Flame is definitely a, a bit of a ripoff of G One Hot Rod. So to say that IDW Rodimus <laughs> rips him off, I don't think he's got a leg to stand on. <laughs> so the, my favourite toy, it's the Flame Toys uh, model kit. Yep. Just because it's the closest to what you see in the comic that there's been. I mean, there's an MMC version, which is all right. I've seen it in the flesh. It's a nice figure, but mm. it's just not quite as pretty. Is that Flame Toys? Is that the only official one? Uh, of IDW, Rodimus, yes, I think it's the only official one as of yet. Obviously, it doesn't transform, 
mm-hmm. and it's a model kit, but it's bang on as far as sculpt and kind of uh, proportions and everything goes. It looks right. It looks exactly as it should. Yes, listeners, do go on to Orion Gear's Twitter and see the pictures. They look great. Well, thank you very much. He's built it and painted it to perfection. You haven't seen it. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say it's quite perfection, but you know, I, I do, I do appreciate the uh, the compliments. But yeah, um, it's now it's it's a lovely toy. Obviously, with it being a, a model kit, it's quite light and it falls to pieces a little bit easily. But I mean, until they do something more impressive, I know there's a there's a there's Flame Toys are doing a big premium version, and that's a little bit more stylized. It looks good, but it's just kind of crazy stylized, and I'm not too into it. Yeah, there's a lot going on there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, loads. Well, it sh- should be for the price, really, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I <suppose> so. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's it's not quite my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. But yeah, otherwise you've only I think there's an MSC one, and there's there is there is another third party that's done one as well. I'm not quite sure who, off the top of my head, but that's my favourite. I was worried with where you were going to go when you said Rodimus. So well, that's Rodimus why I did it that way. <laughs> <laughs> because at, at first I thought you were going to say um, Superlink Rodimus. I thought, ah. Oh. Don't be ridiculous. I mean, no, we might. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more likely to say animated Rodimus than uh, Superlink Rodimus. Okay. All right, well, okay, so let's move on to your number three. Um, my number three... It's the last three was very hard for me. It's like these three get me in any other day and it might be interchangeable. But okay. Number three is Beast Wars Megatron. Yeah, good choice. Um, I think that David K may be the best Megatron ever. <laughs> you know, from the beginning to now, I don't think there is a person who holds the standard of an evil villain that is also calculated and cunning and he's ten steps ahead of everybody. Yep. It's just the best antagonist to a show. And Agreed. Agreed. He, he, he was fantastic. The performance, the 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 way he handles his troops, his actual respect for Optimus Primal, it's mm-hmm. All of it is so good. I love these ones, Megatron. Yeah, David Kay, like you say, fantastic performance. Well, I mean, I don't know what else there is to say about him, to be <laughs> honest. But like, like everything you just said is pretty much it. Um, what, what, what do you think about the the design stroke designs of Beast Wars Megatron? Um, if I had to pick a favorite, I would say season one. Mm-hmm. But I think through all of the variations, I think I would have to be more on the side of Beast Wars Megatron than the weird changes he has in Beast Machines. Like, not character-wise. I think character-wise is fine. And I think he's one of the more Mm. consistent characters through that change. But I do like the designs more Beast Wars side than Beast Machines. Um, Well, Beast Machines, he he is the Dragon Megatron. He's a dragon Megatron, yeah, but I mean, Beast Beast Machines Megatron does go through a lot of changes. <laughs> Only one. Uh, at least four. Well, I suppose if you, yeah, okay. I mean, if you, are you gonna? 
it depends what you're counting as a change, really, doesn't it? Uh, really, he's body hopping, man. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll, I'll retract it. He does body hop quite a bit, <laughs> but I would say that the 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 actual kind of classic version, well, the, the main one is is the one in the cloak, in the cloak you know. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. So you'd you'd say the the season one is your favourite. Season one is my favourite, but character wise, he's he's uh, he carries through very well. He's um, yeah. I mean, now we know. Megatron isn't actually his name. I mean, if that makes a difference to anybody, but it's... Uh... Well, we all, we always knew that. We knew that way back in in the TV series. Oh, yeah, no, but I mean, now we know what his other name is. Uh... Yeah, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> um, even if you want to say his choice of beast mode, I really like. I like the T-Rex, flying T-Rex on Skate wheels and mm. dragon um, yeah. mode Megatron I thought it was really good I liked the uh, yeah it, it fit his personality really well it's interesting though because he's got big powerful kind of almost kind of overkilly kind of alt modes mm. but he's more at the heart of the character he's more of a evil genius scientist kind of guy than a kind mm-hmm. of than than a, than a brick shit house if you know what I mean like yeah, Beast Wars Megatron is definitely powerful, but it's not his main. His his main strength is his mind, not his not his physical prowess. Oh yeah, like he is. He's a, he's the guy in the chair, telling someone his all of his other minions what to do and mapping things out. He doesn't necessarily need to get his hands dirty, but when he does, he can do it. But he prefers to sit at the sideline yeah, and absolutely play with people. He prefers to. To sit back and watch people scheme, and it's like, I know what you spiders are up to. And, <laughs> you know. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So, what's your favourite um, Beast Wars Megatron toy? Well, technically, I don't have the masterpiece Beast Wars Megatron. I have the KO version. Mm-hmm. But I think the only difference is what colour the beast mode eyes are between the two. There's a few smaller differences than that. Isn't there like some paint difference as well or something? Yeah, the colours on the on the like the skin are more it's more kind of almost more vibrant but a little bit less it's almost a little bit kind of like more ridiculous looking, <laughs> um if you okay. know what I mean. It's brighter and a little bit more kind of cartoonish. Right. Uh whereas the visual is is more muted and looks a little bit more I don't want to use the word realistic because it's a purple dinosaur, <laughs> but you know, like it just feels a little bit more close to what the show looked like. Yeah. It's not, a, it's not a big difference. No. And then, yeah, you've got the the clear eyes that light up, which don't on the original, mm. and um, that's essentially it, really. I suppose you know, you'd no Predacon symbol on his head. That's oh, that's it. fine. You know, yeah, it's definitely the best interpretation of that character of season one Megatron there ever there's ever been so well so far a lot of the older toys even the original toy is still a good toy but it doesn't necessarily match what the cartoon was even that is it the 10th anniversary one where they redid the paint job and stuff yeah Beast Wars Beast Wars Reborn uh, version where they gave him a better face and yeah they they tidied some things up I think that works a bit better than the Primal did in terms of looking like the robot mode translating nicely. I think they both did a pretty good job. If you're going to use the original mold, yeah, they both did a fairly good job of trying to come closer to the cartoon. Oh, 
Okay. But I think it, he's, a, he's a, he's definitely my favorite Megatron. Uh, and probably one of my favorite more. I mean, I don't really think he's evil, really, but. I mean, he is a bad guy, definitely. He's not. I mean, yeah, I know what you mean. There is nuance to it. Yeah. I think what really seals it for me is, I'm sure you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's Agenda, uh-huh. where he goes into the Ark, and he sees original G- G1 Megatron and all the original Decepticons, and he, he has this long speech to himself before he shoots G1 Prime in the head. That whole scene, I think, is just at the pinnacle of Beast Wars Megatron in my head. It's just... Yeah, I think it... I think it's Agenda, is it? Is it Agenda? But anyway, I know I know the part you mean. The part where they finally find the Ark and he tries to basically fuck with time mm-hmm. by destroying Optimus Prime before he ever wakes up. <laughs> but yeah, no, no, good, good choice, good choice. So my... Second favourite leader character from Transformers franchise is G1 Marvel Comics Shockwave. Ooh. I think he's great. Right there from the beginning, he is a cold, logical, think Spock, but evil. <laughs> and he's a much better leader than Megatron. Much better. He's focused... And he knows what he needs and what he wants, and he doesn't get he doesn't get sidetracked with being obsessed with killing Optimus Prime like 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 Megatron does. He's a very good, very cool leader, very well, very cool looking. I mean, I love the design as well. But like, he's just cold, calculated, deadly. Does not give a shit about anything apart from winning and and having power. Is um this version of um, Shockwave, does he have his emotions taken away or is that something they did later? He is pretty much emotionless. But it's not that they're taken away, it's just the way he is really. He doesn't allow emotions to get in the way of things. He does get angry at times, so he's not completely emotionless. But he's just a very cool-headed, very um, clever leader. And he plays characters off each other. He plays Soundwave off Megatron and Megatron off Soundwave and off Starscream as well. He basically, he's a manipulator. Like we were saying about um, Beast Wars Megatron, mm. he does that very well as well. He's got that kind, that kind of side to him. Okay. It's, just, it's always odd for me because when I think G1 Shockwave, I obviously think of the cartoon. And he, Yeah, you think of simpering Yes Man. Yeah. <laughs> it was, they've done him dirty. That's uh, <laughs> the way he was in the comic. Yeah, in the comic, he's a much better character in my opinion. Because yeah. in my head, he's just this guy... Who's just babysitting Cybertron with mm-hmm. an army of rainmakers and a guns that look like him? I think yes, that's that works. That's Shockwave when I think G1 Shockwave. Yeah, I know, and that's kind of what's a shame, really, because he's such a much much more interesting character in the comics than he was in in a, in a TV show. It's more, it's more, it's more recently where I've seen that side of him more in media, and he's not so like just a yes man for Megatron he actually has other things going on and not completely wanting to take over but he's leaving it as an option yeah you know, he's not going to let Starscream take the mantle he's it was a- one of the things that War for Cybertron did better than I expected yeah he was pretty good in War for Cybertron yeah. not that it's the same character mm-hmm. but you know what I mean 
And yeah, there's there's been other portrayals of him being more well, kind of like a kind of mad scientist in some cases. Like in IDW, he creates the Dinobots, I believe, with his kind of experimentations and so on. You can probably draw this back and pinpoint a point at which it was decided that Shockwave would be some kind of scientist or inventor because he wasn't in the comic. He was a leader. He was a he was power hungry. He wasn't a more of a kind of tarantulous kind of character, which I think he has been since. Isn't that a, isn't that a Dreamwave thing? It could be, because he definitely was doing stuff like that in Dreamwave, yeah. Orion has seemingly forgot that as far back as issue four of the US comic, Shockwave had a scientist side to him. After single-handedly defeating most of the Autobots aboard the Ark, he decapitates Optimus Prime and begins a plan to use the creation matrix at this time not an object but a program in Prime's head, to give life to new Decepticons. Successfully creating the Constructicons, but thwarted in giving life to Jetfire by Prime transferring the Matrix to Buster Witwicky's mind. So it was there from the beginning really, it just got amped up over time, becoming more of his primary function than it was at first. I mean that's a side to him I like, I like them adding that side mm. to him, it's interesting. And brilliant design, love it, I mean it's... It's so different, and I mean, it obviously comes from the fact that the toy was <laughs> was imported from a different line entirely. But that were that one eye and no face. I mean, it, it works perfectly with a character that's supposed to be mostly emotionless, mm. and you know, a gun for a hand. I mean, I, I remember as a kid just thinking, he's so different and cool because <laughs> no other. All oh, the other Transformers have two arms, two legs, hands. A face mm. with two eyes and a mouth and all that kind of business. Maybe they have a face guard on, but you know, generally they look like humanoids. And he was a bit different, you know, quite a bit different. You know, he's got that big backpack on and so on. Yeah, I think. Is there anyone else who does this? Who has one optic, as it were? Um. Well, yeah, Whirl. Oh yeah, and he wasn't. He was in the comics, wasn't he? Yeah, but he wasn't in the cartoon. Yeah, yeah there are a few. There are still, there are a few other designs that are a little bit more. Wacky, but not in the car, not in, not in the cartoon much. I mean, obviously, much later on, you get some really wacky designs like Skylinks mm-hmm. or something, you know. But in those first few seasons, season one, season two, it was man who turns into car, man who turns into jet, man who turns into gun. Whereas he's probably one of the more robotic looking of the long. Mm. He almost looks like he's an older design, mm. if you know what I mean. Uh, like they moved on from that look to a more humanoid look yeah, later. He does. He does fit that type of. Um, he does fit more within like a like an older robot design, like a, mm-hmm. or something you would like a bad guy you would see in Doctor Who. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose almost akin to a, a Dalek if it had legs, you know, kind of the one eye and weapon hand. Mm. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, I don't disagree. That's a good observation. I think is um I think the changes that's been made to the character over the years really adds to that beginning of this 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 guy who can pull the strings and mm-hmm. you know, manipulate people. The scientist element and the weird experiments in the basement really add to that and Yeah. So it's a yeah, it's a good choice, yeah. I mean in in the comics he's basically he takes over leadership of the Decepticons within like three or four issues of, from the very, very beginning. Oh, right. <laughs> and he holds that, that leadership for quite a while. Oh. Yeah, I mean, 
Megatron is kind of kicked to the side quite early on <laughs> and then has to wrestle back control. And the, the wonderful thing about the comics that I may as well talk about now because, we're, you know, this is, this, this is my, these are my, I'm getting towards the end of my mm-hmm. list. The wonderful thing about the leadership in the comics, both Autobot and Decepticon, is that it changes and it's fluid. And there, especially within the Decepticons, there's so many people t- who want control mm. wrestling between each other. You've got Shockwave, but you've also got Megatron. You've also got Scorponok. You've also got Ratbat. Ratbat is leader of the Decepticons at one That's point. That's insane to me. <laughs> yeah, a Cassetticon <laughs> is leader of the Decepticons. Soundwave does a stint as leader. It's it's not just Megatron's leader because he's Megatron, which is very much the what you get in like the cartoon. It's like, well, he's leader because he's leader. Yeah. We've, we've not got a question. It doesn't, it doesn't happen very often, really, does it? It's not, I mean, at least not on both sides. Maybe more on... Decepticon slash Predacon, there's like a power yeah. struggle and, you know, you've got your pterosaurs or your black arachnids wanting to take over, but it's not sure. very much on the good guy side at all, no. really, is it? No. No, and, and in all honesty, it's not quite as bad on the Autobot side in the comics. Mostly it's Grimlock wanting to take over. <laughs> and just not, and basically not feeling that Prime's doing a good job. I mean, he kind of does do that in the cartoon, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. But Prime, when Prime dies the second or third time, I don't know, when Prime dies in the comic book after the Unicron saga, mm. as it were, the comic book version of, he names Grimlock as his successor. Oh. But I mean, even there, there's there has been a few a few changes of the guard, and obviously you have different leaders on Cybertron because Optimus is on Earth, so. You know, it does change a bit. You do, you know, Fortress Maximus, I think, is is leader for a while. Um, you've got Emirates Arian. It does change hands here and there. So, my favourite toy of G One. I'm going to say I'm going to say G One Marvel comic Shockwave, but it's G One Shockwave. But you know, but because I like the comic book version, that does affect which toys I prefer. Mm-hmm. So I think that Shockwave is a. Dark purple, not lavender, mm-hmm. and often quite a big guy, quite a beefy character, not as slim and slender as he appeared in the cartoon at times. Mm-hmm. So I have a few favourites, but originally I would never in a hundred years say it was the, the Masterpiece version because it was that horrible lavender version, <laughs> no paint, but quite diminutive proportions in comparison with everybody else. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a fan. And I actually bought the Cloud Nine mm-hmm. Quake Wave, and I much preferred that because he was proper beefy and deep purple, and like had lots of kind of sculpted detail. I really liked him, but because he was kind of a slightly different take, he didn't quite work. Mm. So eventually, Takara fixed MP29 and put out MP29 Plus, which was meant to be a toy deco, mm. but that was a deep purple and it had proper paint job because the original one didn't have any hardly had any paint on it so i got that paid a premium for it because it was an expensive um exclusive mm. i'm laughing now though because if you look on ebay now at how much people are selling them really? for you know <laughs> if i ever want to cash in um i can make a fair bit of money anyway mp29 plus shockwave beautiful beautiful figure really 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 nice kind of a great balance uh again when mp really works for me is when you have a more intuitive transformation. It's not overly complex, which you often do get with uh, Masterpiece. 
and you have a, a figure with a really nice presence on your shelf in either mode. That's what that has. It looks great in robot mode. It looks great in gun mode. Uh, it has a few gimmicks. It has some lights. Um, yeah, and again, very economical with the um, with the accessories. Nothing too silly. Mm-hmm. Doesn't he come with like a specific stand for his gun mode as well, or something? Well, the stand for his gun mode is also his backpack. Yeah, it basically slides over because he's the cannon section, the um, the barrel of the gun sits on his back, and then this it's just like a little box really mm. slides over the top of the barrel, covering it up, giving him a backpack. Mm. And that can be turned into a stand for the gun mode. That's good. And uh, while we're on it then, the only time I've seen this done better is New Age's Cyclops. Yes. I only got that recently and I love it. It's brilliant. I would say if some of the engineering in play there was used on the Masterpiece version, I'd probably say that's the Mm -hmm. best, you know. But because it's a Legends figure, it's not, it can't quite, I'm happy to put them on the same level. I can't say one's better than mm-hmm. the other. But the New Age Cyclops has the most fantastic design. The way that the barrel of the gun slides inside his chest. Mm-hmm. It's, it just disappears into him. <laughs> it's so brilliant. I, I loved my Quake Blast. I thought he was great. And I still miss him a little bit. But I think the two, the two best toys in my opinion, are MP29 Plus and uh, New Age Cyclops. And I have a lot of love for the original toy as well, even though, you know, it is, it's gigantic yeah. and uh, it, it's <laughs> lanky and and it's really hard to get a good copy of him now anyway. But I do remember a, a friend of mine, I don't think he had the Transformers one, because I'm not even sure if the Transformers one was released in the UK. But he had what people call Shackwave, you know, the grey oh, grey version. Galactic Galactic Man or something or Yeah, yeah. I mean he was called people called him Galactic Man later. The reason people called him Shackwave is because you could buy him in Radio Shack <laughs> in America. Okay. But yeah, um that guy. I think I'm pretty sure a friend of mine had that. I'm not sure it might have been the G one toy. I'm I'm hesitant to say that the G one toy wasn't released in the UK. I think it probably was. But I'm not 100% sure. As far as we can tell, Shockwave was not released during G1 in the UK. And the first opportunity to get the character here in Blighty didn't come up until 1990, when the Action Masters version of Shockwave hit UK pegs. The dark grey coloured Galactic Man was an exclusive to Radio Shack electronic stores. That may have made its way over to the UK. Radio Shack did have a presence here, both as Radio Shack and Tandy. Or maybe Orion's friend David Sissons had the official one from overseas. Who knows? I know that we had um, an odd version of Omega Supreme available in the UK as well uh, <laughs> by uh, Grandstand Toys, I think it was. Okay. So you know, I can't remember what he was called now, but like the, the, there was a few oddball ones that because the, because of the licensing, mm. either either he was only able to be sold in America mm. or. There were two versions of the toy out at the same time. There was the, the Transformers one was on the shelf, and then over here you had one from another company who also had the license. <laughs> but yeah, there you go. No. All right, so um, I think we're are we on your number two now. On number two, yeah. All right, what is your second favorite Transformers leader? 
My second favourite is Beast Wars Optimus Primal. Oh, oh okay. Mm-hmm. So you've put him above Megatron. Yeah. Like I said, all three of them, I could probably swap them around on a different day. I... Okay, then. <laughs> so, so why on this particular day have you put him at number two? Um, even though I love Megatron and I like all of his, you know, moustache twizzling stuff, I really like what they did with Optimus Prime and his, Optimus Primal and his team that were a big difference from G1. They were not willing to follow his orders. They were not always going to do as he said when he said it. There was this, you know, he had a, he had an unruly crew. He had to get to trust him before he could even give them orders. And yeah, Optimus Primal really felt like a, a real person going through like a real problem of like, I've been thrust in the position of leadership. How on earth am I going to survive, let alone my old team survive? And, my extended team flying around in space, like, mm-hmm. I'm responsible for these people, and I have to make sure they get home safe. And yeah. he really did struggle with it, and it, I think it makes him more of a compelling character. Like he, agreed, he, agreed. He was not he he was not uh, perfect. He he wasn't like Megatron. <laughs> Often he did not think um, ten steps ahead. He made emotional decisions, and sometimes the other Maximals had to, you know, guide him, like Rhinox or even Dinobot with his you know, expertise of the Predacons, you know, like you're going into a trap. It's like, I don't care. I must save, you know, this Protoform Maximal. <laughs> yeah, no, agreed, agreed, yeah. I mean, the reason they didn't trust him was, well, not trust him, but why he had, yeah, he had an unruly crew because none of them wanted to be where they were, really, mm. especially Rat Trap. He was like, well, why aren't we just leaving? <laughs> it was like, yeah, he was, he was, he was the captain of that ship, but he wasn't, he was never kind of built or designed as, uh, a leader of a faction in a war. Mm. Yeah, there were like scientists or explorations or you know, it's... yeah, they were just di- they were diverted to stop Megatron because you know they just happened to be the nearest ship. Mm. They're out there in a kind of almost like a kind of Star Trek kind of way, you know, just basically, yeah, <laughs> yeah, wandering around looking at stuff, uh, doing science missions. And I think um, Spotlight episode for me, uh, as it were, was um, Guerrilla Warfare. Mm-hmm. And how that kind of just got flipped on its head when Scorponok attaches that cyber bee to him that was meant to make him a coward instead mm-hmm. made him into this war machine. He just, you know, just could not be stopped. He had no, um, reasoning or, <laughs> or anything. And it's, it makes for some of the coolest scenes in Beast Wars of him just one man army going into the Predacon base and just destroying Waspinator, stabbing Tarantulas in the chest. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. Uh, Cause I mean, despite all of his, um, not really being a, a warrior, he was pretty tooled up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cannons over his shoulders, swords, cannons in his arms. Face, um, shield, everything. Well, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so I suppose, um, what, yeah, what's your favourite toy then of uh, Optimus Primal? Um, I really like the MP, Optimus mm-hmm. Primal. I also enjoy the Plus version, which technically is... Still Beast Wars Optimus Primal, but it, you know, it's the sec- Beast Wars second movie Optimus Primal. Yeah. But I think it, it kind of scratches the, the toy itch for me. 
like a like an updated version of the original toy. Yeah, I mean, you know how I introduced myself at the beginning of the podcast as Pedanticus Maximus. Oh dear, yeah. <laughs> That's not the plus version. Is it not the plus version? No, it's MP thirty eight or something. Oh, has it got a different MP num- number? Oh, okay. yeah. The plus version is actually. Um, oh, is it the, the plus version? Is the burning convoy it's the fire one? And also, that's the plus version of MP thirty eight, not MP thirty two. See what I mean? <laughs> I'm being pedantic, but the long and the short of it is that yeah, yeah, I know the one you mean though. The one that's because basically he's viewed. Well, I assume. He's viewed as by Takara as a separate character because he is the Optimus Primal that appeared in Beast Wars the Second, mm-hmm. not Optimus Primal from the original show. Although they are sort of the same character, they're seen as different. I, I think Japanese. it is the same character. He's just yeah, yeah. But I mean, time dismissed or displaced or something. But yeah, but within the concept of the toys, because obviously trying to understand Masterpiece numbering convention is <laughs> it, it's it's futile. It is futile. But generally, they will give a character a new designation if it's a new character. Even if it's a repaint, if it's a new character, they'll give it a new number. If it's the same character, they tend to make it a plus version then. So, Burning Convoy is MP38+. Supreme Commander Convoy is MP38. And then the original Beast Wars Season 1... Ultimate Primal is MP32. Pedantic moment over. Continue. <laughs> well, that, that mould, uh, you know, listeners, yeah. you know, you know <laughs> whichever flavour colour you want it in, that mould is great. Yeah. It represents the character really well. For more mainline stuff, I actually do like the Kingdom Optimus Primal. The Beast Mode, like everything in that Kingdom line was trying to be more realistic. Yeah. Which is fine. I mean, I think... The robot mode really brings it back to that. To be honest, though, it doesn't look like any gorilla I've ever seen, but okay. Um. <laughs> I've never met a gorilla face-to-face, so I, I couldn't say. Oh. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> I think the MP is probably the best version of that character, although I also mm. like like the um, Beast Wars Megatron. I like all the versions of him. Throughout the show, yeah, um, except the middle version, of course, which is crap. mainly the Transart Gorilla, terrible on the skateboard, terrible, awful. You can't hear me, can you? Right. <laughs> Say that again. No, go. It's all right. Carry on. I was just saying that I'm not a fan of that design. Out of the three mm-hmm. or four, I think Transmetal Ultra's Primal is the weakest. But carry on. I have one thing to say to that. Yeah, metallic blue chrome. <laughs> So, so fucking what? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's nice, but he does look like a really goofy thing. Like, in both modes. I, I, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, to be fair, I'm not the biggest fan of the robot mode. Mm-hmm. Although I really like the toy. Like, I think the toy's going to be more over to, to that design, but I, I don't know. Maybe it's the child in me. Maybe it's just like, just yeah. the, I'm seeing something shiny and just, like when we were talking, I did get that Transart's toy, and I had it for a while. And I, yes, the Chrome is beautiful, but for <laughs> me, eventually, it was just like you know, I don't really like this design very much, <laughs> and I've just got it kind of for completism kind of reasons, mm-hmm. uh, so it had to go. Um, and then, of course, his optimal Optimus form as well. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more colours going on there, but I didn't. I did. Still I did. got blue. Still got blue Chrome. He still got blue Chrome. Yeah. 
I still like it, and it was um, a much-loved toy growing up. Yeah. So I had the original. There is the Perfect Effect version of that design, which I think... I, I gave... Well, I sold to you. You sold to me, yes. <laughs> I think he looks really great. I think if you want that a version of that design, it's probably the better one to get. I agree. It's a, it's a nice figure. Even the Beast Mode for it, I think they did... They made changes that made it look a lot better than the original toy did. Yeah. But... Overall, I think Optimus Primal is a solid leader. Uh, once again, Gary Chalk's performance is really good. I think one, some of my favourite moments is when he does impressions of Megatron as Optimus mm-hmm. Primal. I think it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, um, um, yeah no, I just really like, really like him. Yeah, cool. Well, I mean, you know, he was on my list mm-hmm. uh, a bit further down, but he was on my list. All right, well, I suppose if there's nothing more to say, then I should probably have to do my number one. So, I mean, probably by process of elimination, Mm. you'll probably be able to work this one out. I wonder if it's... It's Beast Wars Megatron. (laughs) Okay. Good, good, good. (laughs) And, I mean, we've... I mean, we've just... We've we've spoken about Beast Wars Megatron already because you put him at number three or something. Mm. It's all the same stuff you were saying. David Kaye's performance is flawless it's perfect and in my opinion better than gary chalks i love gary chalk i think he's great i think david k was just given such a great character to work with he he was he was able to breathe such life into the character Mm -hmm. he sticks with you he's such a great baddie he's such a brilliant antagonist and all that you know just adding all those things like you know, the elongated years and stuff. <laughs> Things that I'm sure wasn't in the original script. <laughs> Just and he, it, the, way, the way he talks in that kind of almost kind of um, regal kind of way. Mm. And he's just a proper good villain. Again, like you, like, like you said before, like not evil for the sake of being evil, mm. you know? He clearly has his agenda and his agenda is um, has its merits. Mm-hmm. brilliant really intelligent character really cool leader much less comic book or cartoonish mm-hmm. than G1 Megatron despite still being quite over the top mm. he felt rounded and real not massively contradictory and um, kind of you know and, and, and silly or goofy or, or or confusing as the more simplistic cartoon versions before him yeah, he had he had a a good way of being in control or giving mm-hmm. others the illusion they were in control. Yeah, when he was still in control of what was going on. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He was really good at the double cross. Yeah, and uh, uh, and playing people against each other. Yeah. Yeah. Almost kind of like having a backup, having having a backup plan for everything. It's like this it was a it's an episode where I think Terrasaur takes control and. Megatron and Rattrap are in a cage in beast mode and he goes along with it only for him just to give a voice command and get out of the prison. He's like, yeah, it's my prison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he was never trapped in the first no. place, but he allowed him to believe that he was. And as soon as he left the room, he just, you know, unlocked the cage and went off, didn't he? Yeah. I think he left, um, I think he left, he left the other guy in the cage. Yeah, he left uh, Rattrap in the cage. Yeah. Rattrap. Yeah, of course, Rattrap. Yeah, yes. Yes. Great. And unlike Primal, he has three increasingly more badass looks in the, in the show. 
it just it just keeps getting whacked up a notch every time. <laughs> Not that I'm saying that my favourite is the dragon one. Mm. I'm just saying that it it's like it's a progressive power grab. He becomes bigger and more powerful every time. Whereas Optimus Primal's um, last mode is powerful, but it's goofy as hell. And so is the one in the middle. <laughs> and the first one is the only one that I feel looks aesthetically pleasing. It's definitely Optimal Optimus mode is definitely very odd to watch him walk in <laughs> in the show. Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned you mentioned the perfect effect version, and that mm. is they've done a really good job of kind of changing that robot mode so that it looks good, mm. you know? And I think that they took some uh, some influence from the IDW Beast Wars Uprising comic book because it looked beefier and more more that kind of shape and size in that. But yeah, he gets better and better looking, I think. I love the... Even if it was ridiculous, I love the flying, roller skating. <laughs> I think it worked better having a, that kind of slightly goofy alt mode for Megatron. For a start, Transmetal Megatron is a much better looking figure than than Optimus Primal, Transmetal Optimus Primal, in both modes. It, it's it's um, You can tell it's the same character. I think you could definitely mm. make an argument that Season 1 Optimus Primal and Season 2 doesn't look like the same guy, robot mode-wise. No. You know. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, the robot mode, certainly. Yeah. And even though it is goofy with the fans and the, and the, um, and the roller skates, they lean into it in a really good way in the cartoon <laughs> that works. Whereas Optimus Primal still looks ridiculous on that surfboard. <laughs> when I think of that, I think of um, seeing Optimus um, Primal having Rhinox riding on the surfboard, you know. So <laughs> and it is funny. It is funny, and I, I do appreciate it. But it doesn't feel like I don't know. It doesn't feel like something I'm. I mean, I've always always said that Beast Wars. It was hard to love Beast Wars aesthetically at first mm. for me. It wasn't until I kind of got into the characters that I just kind of forgave some of the the aesthetics that I really wasn't into at first. But I think there's a line for me. <laughs> and Transmetal Optimus Primal is on the wrong side of that line. There's a few. <laughs> Him, uh, Quick Strike. Mm-hmm. There's a few that just, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I can't even force myself to love those designs. I just can't do it, you know? The Dragon was a great design as well. I like it a lot. Again, like you said, you can tell it's the same guy. Mm. You can tell it is... Megatron from season one all the way through because they keep a lot of um, visual cues. His head, his face remains roughly the same. Mm-hmm. He usually has either an arm that isn't an arm mm. or some kind of big weapon in it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Transmetal one, he did have two arms, but he had that long tail weapon. Mm. And, you know, and then you've got the dragon head as an arm on the, uh, the one afterwards. So it's, there's all that. And again, I love the way they worked in the fact that somehow the the the, the dinosaur head was sentient. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it would it would move its eyes round and stuff, and it'd, it'd be like cleaning its teeth. Yeah. I don't know. There's just a lot of charm there mm-hmm. in so many ways that make that for me makes Megatron my preferred one of the two. But you know, mm-hmm. they're still both in my top five. Yeah. So. 
with all that said, my favourite toy, it is the MP, MP43 Megatron. I love it. It's perfect. It encapsulates the character so well. It's, it oozes with character. Mm, all the different faceplates really add to it. Absolutely. And you've got, a, it's got a really beautiful deco, mm-hmm. like really nicely painted, really lovely metallic colours and stuff. Light up eyes. Yeah. And the gimmicks, the gimmicks kind of were good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if I needed to be able to remove all his armour. <laughs> but it's a nice touch. Yeah. Again, didn't really go too over top with accessories. The toothbrush is a nice thing <laughs> I don't necessarily need. The rifle, again, not 100% necessary, but but just really beautiful. And such, when, when they first revealed it and we saw mm. the beast mode mm. in comparison with Optimus Primal, I was like, whoa, this thing is massive. Mm. And it doesn't feel as massive now as at that point, <laughs> but... But it is a big, imposing... And I mean, at the time it was released, I think it took over as the largest MP so far. It was also the most expensive at the time. And yes, possibly the most expensive as well. Yeah, it was just over £200. Correction. At about 27 centimetres in robot mode, MP43 Megatron didn't quite take the mantle of largest MP figure. That title is still held by MP24 Star Saber, who is a whopping 35.5 centimetres tall. Indeed, even the forthcoming MP57 Skyfire doesn't quite reach those dizzying heights, coming in at half a centimetre shorter, allegedly. However, Dave is correct. Megatron did temporarily take the record for most expensive masterpiece, only to have it ripped from him by the extortionately priced MP44 convoy. Typical prime behaviour, he's such a topper. And it's the figure that broke that barrier for me, because... I had always said I'm not spending more than two hundred quid on a mm-hmm. on on a on a transformer. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, but then that came along, and I was like, "Oh, but I've got to, haven't I?" Uh, oh well. But yeah, great, love it. But I'm also going to mention Zhang Zing or JX. Oh, yes. They're winged dragon. That's the 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 dragon version of Megatron, a, a, an MP skate. Well. Some people argue it's not big enough, but I honestly, it's so big, I don't want it any bigger. <laughs> a very show-accurate, red-chromed dragon. Great alt mode, great robot mode. Admittedly, the chrome chips quite easily, and it's very big and ungainly, and it's difficult to play with because it's so huge and spiky. Mm. But it's it's a beautiful display piece, so I, I, I want to mention that as well, because it's great. Yeah, it, it, it's beautiful, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Beast Wars Megatron, my, my favourite Transformers leader. Hands down, really. I mean, yes, there's some wiggle room between those top five, but I, yeah, I, I don't think I could possibly order them in a different way. I think he, something I just noticed now is that with, with each in, you know, the Transmetal stage and then Transmetal 2 and, and going on even to the Beast Machine side, the one thing I didn't realise was. An upgrade for him was being able to fly, because that's what we couldn't do in the beginning. Yeah. You know, it was very selective about flyers in Season 1 of Beast Wars, and I think giving him that ability made him more of a threat. Yeah. But they balanced that out by making Cheetor a flying <laughs> a flying cat. <laughs> Weirdly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yes, no, you're right. You're right. He did get an upgrade in that respect. Yeah. So, I suppose... 
with that said, should we uh, tackle your um, mm-hmm. number one? My number one. Drum roll, etc. <laughs> now, like I said, these top three are very interchangeable for me. But today, I also picked a David K voice role, but it wasn't Megatron. It was animated Optimus Prime. Hmm. Very similar reasons to why I like Optimus Prime more, but Optimus Prime in that show is almost taken to another extent because it is actually Optimus Prime. It's not an ancestor. It's not so many years in the future, it's... At the time, it was almost like another reboot of Transformers fiction lore. Like, they started from a different point, and they've come to Earth... Well, it's a different continuity, isn't it? A different continuity. And how this team of Autobots have landed on Earth, but a very different Mm -hmm. Earth than it was in many other interpretations. There's a lot of robots and human beings with strange superpowers and whatnot rolling around and it's a different type of world for them to be in and it's not too much like anything we had seen up until that point where people weren't necessarily afraid or they weren't um, terrified at the sight of robots because robots are all over over bloody place in that show. It's Well yeah, because it's more of a kind of, it's more futuristic isn't it, Earth? Yeah. It's a, it's a different type of setting for the Transformers yeah. to be in. And I really liked that about Animated. It was, mm-hmm. it, of course it has all the callbacks and there's a lot of the nostalgia and stuff, but a lot of the new things they put into it fit really well. And I think that fits really well with Optimus Prime in that show, where similar to Optimus Primal, he has a, a ragtag team of Autobots who don't really respond well to him being a prime because in the show he's not the leader leader yet he's just he's quite junior isn't he really he's quite a low level uh leader very low level a prime mm. like a like it's like a like a, a rank in a soldier isn't it it's uh yeah that's a way to put it in that show it's really he's a really young like fresh out of the academy type robot and he, yeah he does make decisions that are quite questionable or not probably he he goes against what the rulebook is mm-hmm. in terms of what the Autobots um, standard for being a leader is or what you should do, especially with like organic life forms and stuff. He goes against the rulebook, which ends up being the better choice in the show and how they make connections and friends and how he wins over someone like Prowl in the show because Prowl is very much a a lone wolf type of character and he wasn't a team yeah. player. And I liked how that all those interactions worked. Hmm. But my favourite thing about that entire show with Optimus Prime is him and Megatron. Megatron refuses to call him by Optimus Prime. Like he just refers to him as Autobot or a nuisance or something along those lines. It's only at the end of the show he calls him Optimus Prime. Uh-huh. And you get the feeling like, like Megatron really, uh. Respects him? Not respects him, but understands that this sort of bot is different than the others. He's not a weakling. He's actually toe-to-toe with me when I'm about to take over the entire planet. An equal, I guess. really convinced everyone around him that he is the rightful leader. And he yeah. he has earned it in terms from everybody. Not just from the Autobots, from the Decepticons as well. Because the Autobots were just like a joke to the Decepticons until they interrupt with this team. You know? 
mm-hmm. and it's rightly so because all the Autobots in that show are small <laughs> compared to most of the Decepticons. Well, yeah, and the more you talk about it, the more because when you said it, I was like, mm, okay. But I mean, I haven't watched animated since it came out, and to be honest, I'm not even 100 percent sure I finished watching it all. Oh, okay. And I liked it, but ah, uh, I mean. The problem was the the 2007 movie came out and ruined the franchise. <laughs> so yeah. I had to stop watching it <laughs> and uh, never got round to going back to it. So, no, you're right. It's a really good show and he is a really good character. And there, there is some great character development there. So, no, 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 you've convinced me. It's a good choice. I think he's a, a character or a leader that gets kind of overlooked because you're right. He falls into that movie era of where Murder Prime gets introduced and then that's Optimus Prime in some people's heads. For a while you did have me worried when you said David Kay again that you were going to say one of the Unicron Trilogy (laughs) Megatrons. No. (laughs) Good, good, good. I mean, it was was mind-blowing for me that I found out that it was David Kay who did that voice. I mean, I think that's a good uh, sign of a good voice actor when you can't tell their characters are done by the same person. Yeah. And I think that's one as well was like, you know, compare Optimus Prime to Beast Wars Megatron, no way you would be able to tell. <laughs> yeah, I suppose if you didn't know it, you, you might not spot it. I mean, I was very, very deep into the uh, the fandom at the time, so I knew David right. Kay was going to be playing uh, Optimus Prime before it even happened, mm. you know? But like, but yeah, I suppose if you didn't know that, you could quite easily not notice, not know. Oh. Well, good choice. So what's your favourite toy of animated Optimus Prime? Well, unlike many of the others on this list, there isn't that many options besides the main line, and it's quite interesting. There even... are a few options. Yeah, there's only there's only official. There's options, only official actually. options. You, I would have thought by now, at least some manner of third party company would have done an animated figure mm-hmm. at some point. Um, but there's only, I want to say, like four or five main line figures, and I think the actual leader leader may have been Voyager. Optimus Prime from the main line is pretty cool. I like the... I've never handled it, but I like the... Of course, I like the translucent version with the wings mm-hmm. that they did. But I, I had the, the deluxe versions, like there was like a couple of two-pack versions with Megatron, like an actual interpretation of his energy on his sword yeah. that the bigger version didn't have. I thought that was really cool. A lot of the animated toys really got the proportions really... Alongside with the show, like the silhouettes, the silhouette, so definitely quite the animated feel. You know, flared trousers, big. Be- well, big I mean, chests. there was a there was a reason for that, which was that they were developed in tandem. Yes, yes, of course. They did the they did the toys and the show at the same time, so they were working to the same to the same designs. If you know what I mean, mm-hmm. they were going, oh, we wanted to, want to make him look like this in the show. Can you make the toy look like that? And it's like, yeah, we'll try. And then you know, <laughs> so you got. A very, a very show accurate look as a result. But I mean, my one I had was the deluxe class, the one that came on on its own, uh, on a. Uh, I mean, what? I mean, it'll be it'll be a car back, won't mm-hmm. it? It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't a box. The one which was the Cybertronian. Oh right, yeah. yeah. Version, mm-hmm. and I like that one best. I, I found the bigger ones a little bit. Part of the as- part of the animated aesthetic was that it looked very kidsy, mm-hmm. and those larger Optimus Primes they skewed a bit too far in that direction for me. It had the um, the downside to that toy was the uh, weird automorph legs. Yes, 
Yeah, again, it had a silly gimmick, yeah. which is often a problem with with Optimus Prime toys, isn't it? Generally? Yeah, it, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't work as well. Um, I didn't kind of like the face plate moving down just to add to his mm-hmm. chin when he didn't have the mask up. It's, it's just, yeah, I think it would be a nice. The whole animated roster would be nice characters to see modern interpretations of, or even, I mean, I doubt it would ever happen, but like almost like a masterpiece version of one of those characters would be really interesting to see. I mean, I wouldn't say never say never, but um, no. but it seems less likely. <laughs> but I mean, I was thinking about this the other day. I remember um, when the masterpiece line first started, and I think we'd got as far as maybe maybe just the Seekers. Mm-hmm. So we'd had basically two moulds in total. And one person on the forums that I was on at the time was basically going... Oh, they're definitely going to make this and this and this, and they're certainly going to—they have to make Jetfire. <laughs> wow! <laughs> and everybody, well, not everybody, but so many people on the forum were like, "Don't be ridiculous! That's never going to happen." <laughs> Look what just got announced. <laughs> now, admittedly, this was twenty years ago or something, or fifteen, probably fifteen. And back when that person said that, everyone was right to say that's never going to happen, but. Sometimes these things do happen. One day, you never know. Well, I mean, even even just like a... I mean, I I don't know how you see it, but in terms of like how third-party stuff gets made and it kind of gets either eaten up by the fans or just tossed aside, is to kind of see like what like an adult collectors are kind of hungry for or kind of want, or like yeah. what characters that like, you want spotlighted in the like top-quality version... And I know that there are some people who really want animated figures, but I don't necessarily think they want masterpiece animated figures. Maybe to return to mainline in some shape or form. Um, yeah. But it's... I don't think, yeah, I don't think that all, the audience for that show has has reached that, that level of... Um, I don't really use the term maturity because it makes it sound like they're immature, but like... They're they're not at that level yet where they want to be dropping two three hundred pounds on a, no. on a really high end toy. No, I I wouldn't think so. And I think there are people there are people who collect high end stuff who would buy them, but not enough yet. I don't think. Yeah, I think even because animated was almost as well like kind of like Beast Wars. Some people were just not turned were kind of turned off by the more kidsy aesthetic anyway. So yeah, I can I can see why. Yeah. Some... It's got quite a big following, but it's it's still very much a niche following yeah. within the um, within the franchise. The same as Beast Wars, mm. possibly less, even more so than Beast Wars. I think it's even even more. Um, what's the word? I think Beast Wars has has gained a lot more respect from the fans as time has elapsed, mm. and I don't know if animated is there yet. Yeah. Uh, it could be there in another 10, 20 years. But right now, I mean, they're, they're very tentatively dipping their their foot in uh, their toe in the Beast Wars pool yeah. in a way. So, yeah, I mean, you look at Legacy. Legacy is meant to be a line that pulls from all different areas of the franchise. Mm-hmm. But really, it pulls from G1 and one or two other things. <laughs> In very small amounts. It goes, here's your prime figure. There you go. 
<laughs> and uh, how about having a, another Beast Wars one? And then here's eight more G1 ones. Yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's probably that's probably why I think it's it's probably so unlikely is because animated requires very specific sculpts and things that you can't really. Sh- oh, it won't work. In, you can't. Sh- it won't work in Legacy. You, it won't work in Legacy. They couldn't repaint Prime ten different times like they do with all the stuff they do now because it wouldn't fit anything. That would work, yeah. so I think that might also be the problem. No, you're right. The The aesthetic of animated is so particular, so distinct, mm. and so different mm. to G1 that if you try to, like they've done with the Prime designs, like Bulkhead and uh, RC, if you try to kind of make those more G1, mm. I think you'd probably lose everybody. Like you'd lose the animated fans that wanted the toy in the first place. Yeah. I mean, you already, you already saw quite a few kind of prime fans moaning about how bulkhead looked. Yes. Um, so uh, I, I, you know, it would be like how this recent uh, Marvel Legends X Men animated figures, or even the retro Spider Man stuff, is being taken on. It's like it's meant to represent the cartoon, but. Other than some shell shading, it doesn't really represent the cartoon cartoon. Like, the characters mm. are in the same costume, but, like, maybe face-wise or proportions, it's like, that's not what the cartoon looked like. Really. Yeah. So it, yeah. And I don't think they can do that with animated figures. They can't walk on that line as much, because it, it is more about their proportions and really heroic looks it's too different yeah. it's too different looking and with the legacy line definitely going down this kind of like unified war for cybertron kind of look mm. and feel to everybody which is a kind of greebly g1 thing mm. basically it's g1 with more greebles <laughs> and that really does not suit animated at no, all because animated always all very um clean lines very few greebles mm-hmm. And that, yeah, like you say, those those kind of flared legs and all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, it yeah yeah, it doesn't really fit, does it? No. They'd be better off doing it in uh, in red, even though red is an appalling line and must be stopped. <laughs> true. They'd be better off doing it in red. It's true. I mean, uh, it's, it's you're right. Probably it's probably the only place I could see it happening, or maybe like a flame toys or a super seven something like that super seven yeah, yeah you know it's the only other place i can see it happening but anyway i really love animated prime for those reasons because he's i think you've made a, a good case at first i was not convinced but no that's a good choice it's mostly as well because i think he i said he gets overlooked so you've got some big players you know you've got beast wars megatron you've got mm-hmm. g1 characters it you know i think animated was such a good little pocket of a Transformers show, toy line, everything. But it, like, like I said, the movies came and just kind of overshadowed it and got forgotten about. Yeah, um, yeah, and he got and he got cancelled, didn't it? He got cancelled as well. Yeah, yeah, I approve. <laughs> uh, I'm not changing any of my choices as a result, but I approve. <laughs> do you want to do some honourable mentions? Is there anybody you wanted to put on your list that you weren't able to that you just want to give a shout out? Um, yeah, I was going to have Fortress Maximus on my list. Right. Not necessarily because I just got that fan's toys Fortress slash Rebirth. Mm-hmm. It was on my list before that, but I think I shuffled him out for an honorable mention because um, when I think of that character, I think of Headmasters. And mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you if he was the best leader in that show because he didn't do anything 
on his own <laughs> until he went into the super robot mode at the end, which I really love. And, and you know, I love his design, but it's yes, I wouldn't say he's the best leader in that show. Well, that's the that's the thing though, because when you originally suggested this topic, you said best leader toys. Now I have made a list of best leader toys, and it's completely different to this list mm-hmm. because then you're just looking at the toys and the aesthetics, and like, yeah, you love the design mm. of Fortress. You'd love the design of Fortress Maximus, I imagine. But if he wasn't a particularly good leader <laughs> in the media that you watched or read, then you're not going to choose him, no, are you? No, no. Or particularly entertaining. It doesn't have to be good, just entertaining. Mm. You, you like them. Okay, so yeah, so yeah, there, there you go. Yeah, so who else? Anybody else? Um, Grimlock. Mm-hmm. This was the one I was going to say. Uh, I'm sure you would count him as a leader anyway, but I see him more as predominantly the leader of the... Dinobots, not necessarily the Autobots. Yeah. I mean, pretty much any interpretation of the Dinobots is the leader, right? Like, yeah, sure, of course he is. I, th- I think he's um he's a really good leader of that team. Uh, when he tries to... Overtake... Far as it, so far as, I mean, he is brain dead, but... Yeah! <laughs> um... <laughs> I mean, I don't, I mean, you're you're obviously thinking of the cartoon version. I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking of the cartoon. I don't necessarily, yeah. I don't necessarily need him to be the smartest guy in the room. I think what his appeal is in most iterations is he's the smartest Dinobot in the room. He's the strongest guy in the room, and he, because of the way he thinks about if you're strong, you should be yeah. in charge. And yes. to some degree, yeah. I kind of agree with that on the base level. You know, no, I don't. That's crazy. <laughs> I'm not a fan of, like, when it goes too far the other way, like, you know, Megatron's craze for power and him taking over. But there is some sort of underlining respect if you think that the person in charge can handle themselves hand-to-hand on their own and you don't need everybody else. I do understand that to some degree. Yeah, but can you imagine if cartoon G1 Grimlock were put in charge of the Autobots? Oh, they'd all be dead by uh, the end of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Grimlock might not be, but almost everyone else would be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, although he d- he did have his moments, he, he did make the Technobots yeah. when he got super intelligent for that one episode, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, he, I I find him a fun character, and even the more co- the more comedy version of him from the movie. I, I I mean, I like the guy. I think he's a a good leader. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm going to agree with you. He's on my he's on my honorable mentions list, but. Obviously, the comic book version is on my honorable mentions list because he was a much cleverer dude in the uh, in the comic, and really, he was a, it was a lot more kind of focused. He was a bit of a bastard. He did some pretty awful shit. He was very focused, and he was very dedicated to the Dinobots. The Dinobots are all that mattered to him. He, yeah, he took command of the of the Autobots in the comic and was a, was a pretty good leader at times. So yeah, he's on my honorable mention list. Who else have you got? Um, with a couple of more, um, Star Saber. Uh-huh. Even though I have ordered the Haslab one, mm-hmm. I still one day would like to get the Masterpiece. I just love Star Saber's design, it, you know, the whole kind of like Japanese full-on giant robot space yeah. fighting, sword play, battling pl- yeah. planet-sized creatures, and just, that's the aesthetic of Star Saber, it's always struck a chord with me, his power, his... Uh, he's one of those characters that, as far as I understand, he's meant to be like one of the more strongest characters in Transformers, especially G1 yeah. side, towards that wacky end. He's meant to be mm-hmm. right up there as like 
really powerful. He really uh, he plays into that whole uh, space battle side of Transformers that we don't see very much these days, and I kind of like that, or kind of miss it in a way. Yeah, he was a very Japanese. It was a very Japanese show, Victory, mm-hmm. and he was a very, very kind of Japanese mecha kind of design. And yeah, I know, I know exactly what you mean. It's not all that kind of space battle stuff. He is he is a cool looking transformer and a very different looking transformer to most of the rest. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Very gundamess. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Anyone else? Or shall I plough into mine? Um the only other one was um I was gonna say R- Rodimus Prime. That was the other one. Yes. Sure. I think um he I mean I to be fair, I haven't watched those episodes in a while now, but I I always thought that he got the um the short end of the stick when it came to to that side of G1 because there was just such a backlash <laughs> backlash from the movie that yeah. I mean don't think about what he did he, people weren't going to like him um, no no they, they, they quickly they quickly rode, rode back on that one didn't they like <laughs> Even to even to the point at which they just stuck that voiceover at the end of the movie, going, "And don't worry, kids, Optimus Prime will be back." So it, it was already scuppered, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm, visually, I think he's he looks really cool. I mean, obviously, he's just hot rod but bigger and a different shade of red with a weirdly aged face, which doesn't the... really I don't really understand why that happens because okay, Transformers we... don't age. So why? Um, yeah, who knows? I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it was always a bit odd that Cop had an old man face when, yeah, they don't really seem to age. And, and I mean, I suppose you you had it all the way back with um, Alpha Tryon having a beard. Yeah. Um, but I think he's always got such a distinctive design, the flames and the... Mm-hmm. You know, whenever he shows up in other interpretations, be it Super Link or animated, you know, you can tell that's him. IDW. IDW, yeah. I think he's one of the few G1 designs that really um, kind of look cool without being a Transformer. That makes sense. Like, it's it's just a cool-looking robot. And I've had I don't even mind the space Winnebago. Look, it's it's ridiculous, it's, but yeah, it's okay. <laughs> but I, it's not it's not so far out there that I don't imagine there's a. I mean, be it Transformers fan or not, I'm sure there is a person who's got flames on their camper van. Oh, of course, just because they like flames, and I think oh, it would. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's more it's more the kind of ridiculous conceit that um, because he's now a prime, he has to have a trailer. And it's like, oh, but why? But why? Authority. You know? Yeah, so authority means you have to have a mobile battle platform that you drag around. Um or, or repair bay or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But no, no, that's it's a good choice. I mean I I, I agree. I think that I think the design more so than the character, especially mm-hmm. in G one. I mean I I put him in my list for IDW, but mm-hmm. although really in IDW he's hot rod slash rodimus slash slash rodimus prime, like it's all kind of mixed in there together. There's not really a differentiation between the two. Yeah. He does have the Matrix for a little while. Yeah. Okay. Well, there was well, there was something else. The only, the only more toy wise than character wise because I don't really like this interpretation that much. 
It's Rid, R E D, Optimus Prime. I think it's one of the Rid. <laughs> yeah. No one ever has. No one in the history of Transformers has ever called it Rid. Rid. You know. No one calls it Rid. <laughs> Rid two thousand and one. No. <laughs> it's R I D. R I D. Fire Convoy. Do, do you call I D W? Id Idwa. I will from now on, yes. <laughs> oh, well, don't. Anyway, yes, R.I.D. Yeah, Alters Prime. Again, he was on my list of toys, but, you know, not as a... Not as a character. No. no. It's, not a, it's not enough there um, in that show. Mm. Um, well, we're going to do, do a little bit of bonus content where we'll go through the list of our toys, so mm. if that's a, a, little bit, a little bit of a plug. Well, that'll be available on Patreon at some point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, R.I.D. RID Optimus Prime is a great looking toy. Yes, especially from, especially considering the time it came out. Like it, yeah, I think it still kind of holds up to today. You know, oh, absolutely, absolutely. You get no argument from me on that one. Yeah. Uh, it's a great, yeah. great toy. Oh well, I mean, I, I like I said, I had Grimlock down, Scorponok, especially mm-hmm. in the the Marvel comics, Scorponok, very interesting. Uh, set up with him and and Zarak basically being, you know, separate entities really in a way. Mm. And essentially, for a while, a Nebulon was leading the Decepticons. Mm-hmm. He was a great leader, really enjoyed him. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, because everybody thinks he's a giant, great, big city bot, <laughs> I will never, ever, ever, ever get a Scorponok that scales the way I want it to with my collection because everyone wants him to be gigantic and I want him to be more kind of Ultra Magnus kind of height. And that's never going to happen, unfortunately. Not unless I start mixing up toy lines or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you've got much of a solution when it comes to that, really. No. <laughs> um, IDW Tarn. Well, Tarn, I mean, he's, he's not really... Well, he has appeared in Cyberverse, hasn't he, or something like that, I think. But anyway, Tarn... Wonderful, wonderful character, complete nutter, mm-hmm. but so dedicated to the core, so mm-hmm. a great, really great character, and a really great design. Really love the the design of the character. As far as toys go, I had that Fame Toys version of him that was beautiful. It was the KO, and therefore it didn't sit very well with me. Mm-hmm. And also it's massive, so it takes up a lot of space, and a bit overly stylized. But I, I do have the MMC version, which I really love. So, uh, it's good that you've got we've got those characters being made in some way. Mm. Newsflash. We were recently reminded by a very important man that there is a Super 7 version of the character on its way. Plus, as we were finishing off editing this podcast, a Voyager Class Transformers Legacy version of the character from Hasbro themselves is rumoured to be in the works for 2023. Exciting times. Who else do I have? That's it, I think, pretty much. Well, that settles it. It's official. The best Transformers leader is... Beast Wars Megatron! That's definitive. <laughs> it's set in stone from this point on for, from forward, isn't it? Right? Yeah? Um, we all well, agree? Uh, yeah? Okay, was, uh, so... Let's, it's David, uh, let's David K. Yes, David K is the best. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure not everyone agrees, and if they don't agree, or they do agree, whatever, 
they can let us know on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, etc., etc. There's a social media platform. We're on there in some way, shape, or form. And uh, you'll find me on Twitter and Instagram as at Gear Orion and Orion underscore Gear, respectively. Virtual Dave, you're also a bit of a social media whore, so uh, where can they go find you? Um, um, always find me on Virtual Dave26 or on Twitter at Virtual Dave26. Yeah, okie dokie. And that first one was Instagram, wasn't it? Mm hmm. <laughs> well, great. Please go to those places like, subscribe, follow, review, comment, etc., etc. It's a great way of showing your support. We really appreciate it. But Orion, I hear you ask. What if I want to go that extra mile and support the podcast with actual real currency? Well, never fear, I say, because that is now an option. Head over to <laughs> www.patreon.com slash argmyoptics. Don't forget the double A. You can pledge just one pound a month uh, to the cause. And in return, you'll get our love and our respect. You might get a mention on the podcast, but... More importantly, you'll get additional bonus content. Woohoo! There's already a bonus top of the box episode up on, on Patreon uh, where we go through our favourite theme songs and intro sequences. So that's available now and there will be more coming. With all that promotional gumph out of the way, I think we can, uh, we can wrap this up. So thanks for listening and please join us next time on... Ah, my optics! optics.